Hi, everyone. I'm CNN political reporter Dan Marica, in today for David Chalian, and this is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Tuesday, December 1st, 2020. As President Trump continues to attack Republican governors, what long-term effects is it having on his own party? And what short-term effects is it having on Republicans in Georgia's key Senate races? We'll discuss that, plus the FDA chief meets with the president's chief of staff at the White House as the Trump administration continues to push vaccine emergency approval. And finally, a bipartisan stimulus plan has been announced, but will it go anywhere? Nearly three weeks after he lost the election, President Trump continues to rail on other Republican officials. This has been happening for weeks. He tweeted just yesterday about Arizona Governor Doug Ducey after Arizona certified Biden's win in the state. And even though Georgia's election results were certified nearly two weeks ago, Trump has most recently gone after both the state's Republican governor and secretary of state. Over the weekend, Trump said that he was ashamed to have endorsed Governor Kemp and called on him to use his executive powers to overrule the Secretary of State and the certification. And just today, he called out Governor Kemp and nodded to the crucial Senate runoffs happening in Georgia. Here's what he said. You allowed your state to be scammed. We must check signatures and count signed envelopes against ballots, then call off election. It won't be needed. We will all win. The implication there is that if, in his mind, votes were accurately counted, there wouldn't be need for a runoff in Georgia. This is worrying to Republicans across the board, both here in Washington, D.C., and in Georgia. The concern is that if Trump, the most powerful Republican in the nation, is attacking the election security, could that cost votes for Republicans in these critical January runoffs? It's been reported that some Trump supporters are already thinking of boycotting the Senate runoff elections in January out of fear that the election will be fraudulent. Now, that's something, obviously, that they are getting from the president. And Republicans worry that a number of people that decide not to vote could only grow if Trump's attacks continue, especially as people start thinking about who they're going to vote for in that special election. In politics, there's the cliche that everything comes down to turnout. Now, it's a cliche because to be honest, it's true. And it's probably even truer in a special election when there isn't a presidential election on the ballot, there isn't state rate, local races. It's really just these runoffs that will be critical and will be the entire focus. Who comes out for these races will be critical and both sides of the debate know this. If you talk to enough Republicans here in D.C., there are some who say it only matters if Trump gets down there, stumps for these candidates, and helps raise money and and, and directs the party infrastructure to do as much as they can for these candidates. But then there are those who will say any attack, any attack on the voting system could lead for depressed turnout, and that could hurt Republicans who are going to be fighting for control of the Senate. Then there's the money of it all. The battle for Georgia and the control of the Senate is intensifying in recent weeks and is set to cost hundreds of millions of dollars in just ad spending alone. Our David Wright compiled how much money has been spent and reserved for the next few months, and it's up to $300 million. And then there's the Trump of it all. CNN has reported that while Trump has seen the writing on the wall in the election, he is continuing to push these baseless claims and raising $170 million off of that for his post-presidential endeavors. 
You know, I think Senator Lindsey Graham, an ally of the president, got to all of this pretty well when he spoke to CNN's Manu Raju on Capitol Hill. Here's what he had to say. I think the president has to do two things. He has to convince our base, his base, that they have got to show up because that protects his legacy if he does fall short, and at the same time, challenge Georgia officials to improve their voting system. That's tough to do for the president, especially on Twitter, where he is incredibly fiery. So the question remains, if Trump continues to capitalize and fundraise off the chaos he is stirring in Georgia, does he care that it could cost the Republicans the two necessary seats needed to keep control of the Senate? Now, here's what else matters today. With 50 days until the inauguration, it seems that President Trump is trying to save a little face and deliver on one of his biggest promises of the campaign trail, the idea that a vaccine for the coronavirus was just around the corner. It's something he said throughout campaign events. It didn't prove to be true around the election, but it does seem more true now and a a serious possibility. Trump's White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, met with the chief of the FDA to see about hurrying along the vaccine approval process today. And President Trump has privately asked why the FDA hasn't already granted emergency use authorization for Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine. After months of basically ignoring the virus, undermining the scientists tasked with combating the virus, and politicizing the vaccine, President Trump clearly wants to be able to say he got it done just weeks before he is set to leave office. Here's how White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany, appearing on Fox today, conveyed the urgency for the president. But this president will never apologize for putting the fire under these agencies to say, yes, we want a safe vaccine. Absolutely. We also want a fast one because lives are at stake and a vaccine by the end of the year is key and paramount. No doubt a vaccine is paramount. Just ask anyone who wanted to see family this Thanksgiving. But as Trump tries to build on his post-presidency capital, it's worth asking, in whose interest is Trump pressuring the FDA, the American people's or his own? And finally today, a bipartisan group of senators announced a $908 billion COVID relief framework. But will it actually get leadership in Congress talking? The dollar amount falls between the Republicans' $500 billion offer and the Democrats' $2.2 trillion offer. And while it's definitely a step forward, a bill still needs to be created, then it has to get passed through the Senate, something that has clearly proven difficult over the past few months. With only a full week and some change left in the legislative calendar, right now it looks like this is the only hope for a stimulus deal, with exactly 10 days left in a spending deadline that is set to expire on December 11th. Nancy Pelosi and Steve Mnuchin did speak this afternoon. The politics of this are real for Democrats. Joe Biden is set to take office on January 20th, and it would be extremely helpful for him and his administration to have any kind of COVID relief deal passed before he takes office. Biden actually spoke about this today. Here's what he had to say. Right now, the full Congress should come together and pass a robust package for relief to address these urgent needs. But any package passed in a lame duck session is likely to be at best just a start. With House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin speaking about this plan today, it's also worth noting that Democrats may be more willing to negotiate and get a deal done because of the interest that Biden has taken in this COVID relief package as he prepares to enter office. That's it for today's political briefing. Thank you so much for listening. 
And please take a moment and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.